Hello and welcome to Socks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani. I'm joined tonight for the first time on Socks on Tap by on tap White Sox contributor Andrew Kinsler. Uh, Andrew, buddy, how you doing tonight, man? Johnny, we're doing all right, about as well as we can be after almost getting no hit there by Justin Verlander. Uh, yeah. Interesting game to watch. I'm glad I was able to watch it with you tonight. Yeah, so uh, good to have you back from school, and now you're finally available to be able to watch a lot of these games so we can do some of these Sox Untapped post-game shows. So, um, you know, with the transition over into the new network uh, from just the Chai Sox Weekly website, uh, it's great to be on board and finally podcasting with you. I know this is something that we had talked about for a little while, so um, excited to be doing this with you. So uh, tonight, like you had mentioned, White Sox almost got no hit. Um Justin Verlander on the mound. I mean, I can't say we are shocked by this. Are you? Not at all. No. I mean, I had a little bit of hope that, you know, maybe this lineup would kind of get to him. Uh, It's been up and down with the lineup this year. But um, especially with Eloy Jimenez back in the lineup, maybe hoping to see him do something. But uh, only damage really tonight came off the bat of Jose Abreu with that one home run back in the seventh. But uh Eloy Jimenez in his second game back, 0 for 3, three strikeouts, Johnny. Not great. No, yeah, no, that's not great at all. You know what else was not great was uh, Yohan Moncada, uh, four strikeouts and four Oh, yeah, so that's, okay, yeah. Um, you know, th- those are, you know, top guys, top young guys that you want to see. Granted, like I said, Verlander is tough. He's a great pitcher. Yeah. He's 36 years old, but he still is damn good. Obviously, we know that. Uh, we know it from his time in Detroit. We know it from just seeing what he did when he came over to Houston in 2017 and helping them win a World Series. So um, I can't say I'm, like, completely shocked, but like you had said, um, this lineup is kind of hit or miss, and one of their strong points throughout the year has been a little bit of, I would guess you say, surprising hitting. Um, that uh, was obviously not there tonight. Um, Verley, you had mentioned Abreu only hit, and that run came on that, and that ball barely got out to center field. Uh, I know it's the deepest part of the park there, but um, you know it, <laughs> it looked like it almost could have been robbed. How poetic and White Sox would that have been? No doubt, yeah, and. Um... Same thing goes to say about the home run by Yuli Gurriel. I thought that, you, you know, that ball was pretty close to not even leaving the yard either there. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that was close. That was like, that reminded me of shades of when they were in the ALCS last year when uh, Mookie Betts in right field, that whole controversy. Yeah. You remember that? That's that's honestly kind of what it reminded me of. But obviously, Tilson did not have a play on it as it was maybe like in the second row or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Yuli Gurriel got the Astros on the board. I believe that was a home run in the fourth inning, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, that was off of Dylan Covey. And then after that, that is where the wheels started to fall off in that fifth inning. Um, so Dylan Covey, he, he did all right through the first three. Uh, I'll give I'll give him a little bit of props there. Um, but then in that uh, fifth inning, I mean, he didn't even record an out. His final line was looking like, you know, I'm reading it right now, four straight across the board. Four innings pitch, four hits, four runs, all of them earned, four walks, one K, and that one home run to Gurriel. So, um, I mean, we talked about the White Sox using a bullpen game yesterday when we were, you know, we were watching the game in person together. So uh, this is not what you wanted to see uh, Kobe going for and leaving our one of our top arms in a bad situation when he came in. Not at all. Yeah. So as you had mentioned, he looked pretty good so far. Uh, we were both kind of talking that, you know, through through three or even four innings, the game was moving by quick. I mean, you know, we it had just felt like we had just sat down uh, whenever we were watching the game. But uh, 
yeah, you know, he had his pretty good stuff early. And then uh, around the fourth, you could kind of see that um, he was still getting his outs other than the one home run. But uh, a lot of solid contact really started to come off of him when he came out there for the fifth, as you said, not even recording it out, uh, walked both the eight and the nine hitter after uh, both those counts going full. So especially with a dangerous lineup like that, against the Astros, even with some of those guys like Altuve and Springer out, uh, you just got to make sure to get those guys at the bottom of the order. You, you really can't be giving them those free passes there. And then um, he went 2-0 and there to uh, Josh Reddick. And then interesting move by Ricky Renteria, pulling him with a 2-0 count in the middle of the at-bat. What do you think about that, Johnny? At the time, it was, I mean, I think he probably should have gone to him before uh, yeah. he even got to that point. Um but, you know, at that time, I was like, OK, well, uh, you know, Kobe is on the brink here. This is like you can feel it. You just feel the momentum in the game. Yeah. It's a tipping point. So I, I was OK with him going to him then. But, you know, you're setting up one of your top guys, like I just mentioned, for failure there. And Aaron Bummer had not allowed a run all season up until this point. And then he comes in and he gets uh, touched two hits, one run. It was earned. Um, it walked one in there as well. I mean, granted, the area is still looking good. Uh, 0.79 after that outing. So, um, but it just, you know, the one like bright spot that we kind of had there, Aaron Bummer, um, and you and me had like talked about, we, we like his resurgence of this year because there was times last year where he was just getting barreled up like nobody's business. And, uh, this year was a nice surprise at the beginning. And now he is finally stained a little bit on that number of lines. So that was, I, I do think that was an interesting decision to go with that two Oh count when they went to bummer initially. So, I mean, it is what it is at this point. I guess, you know, Bummer, I, if you had asked any White Sox fan, they would say he's your better chance to get that out there. But you're already putting him in a hole when he's coming in 2-0. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you would for sure like to see him not be set up for failure there, um, especially against a good left-handed hitter like Josh Reddick. Uh, you definitely just don't want to give him any extra balls there to work with a, a good count there. So, um, you know, interesting, I guess, Maybe the argument could have been made that if they had pulled Kobe right then and there, you really aren't seeing if he can get out of that jam there. But overall, I think that was a reasonable move made there by Ricky. But um, and we'll get into a little bit later part of the game. So after Bummer pitched, the recently recalled Jose Ruiz also came into the pitch. And then after this game, he actually got sent back down to AAA. What do you think about that? Yeah, so I mean, I think it was just a matter of time. Jose Ruiz is just kind of one of your fill-in relievers here. I wrote a blog when as soon as he was recalled after that Manny Benuelos injury. Um, I mean, it's just another like subpar or average. I mean, average, I think, is a little bit uh, generous there when you're mentioning Jose Ruiz. But uh, when him and Manaya were recalled on that same day, I knew it was only a matter of time before he was sent back down. So I'm not shocked. Uh, in his inning, though, he gave up one hit. Uh, did not get touched for any runs, but did walk one as well. His ERA sits at 5'11". Yeah. Um, he, he's one of those guys, he, you know, we mentioned like some of these outfielders that we have in like Nicky Delmonico or Ryan Cordell, and you kind of feel like they get that quadruple A vibe. Uh, I feel like that's kind of the same way for a reliever like Jose Ruiz here. So, you know, other than yeah. that, it, Alex Calame finally got his work. I think the last time he was in was a game uh, Thursday, I want to say. Uh, so yeah. I mean, he, he had yeah, a, he had a spotless. 
he had he had a spotless inning. So I mean, we're, we're like just you know digging to the bottom of the barrel for any positives. I guess you want to take any other positives out of this game, White Sox wise. Uh, both Eloy Jimenez and Lurie Garcia made some nice catches in the outfield early on in the game in the in those first three innings, I believe, all of them or both of those games. So um, th- that was about it. But other than that, I mean, this is just a potent uh, Houston lineup and. Uh, it's not going to get any easier going forward. Um, if we're taking a look at tomorrow's game, Andrew, uh, it's Ivan Nova versus Garrett Cole. And uh, Garrett Cole is another top-of-the-line starter. His record is 4-4, four and four, but, you know, we were kind of on that stage of uh, baseball statistics where records are kind of just there. Eh, they're just there for numbers to put in place in a column. Uh, but his ERA is 3.56, 93 strikeouts on the year compared to Ivan Nova's 32. And also, uh, only four batters uh, that the White Sox have have faced Cole in their career. So how are you feeling about tomorrow's game, Andrew? Uh, I guess not a whole lot better than I thought about the one today. We'll say that. So as you had mentioned, only four White Sox players have uh, previously seen any action against Garrett Cole in their careers. Most notably, our two catchers actually have the two highest at-bats against him. We have Wellington Castillo with 11 and James McCann with 10 at-bats. Both have pretty good success, but uh, you figure both of them aren't really going to be playing tomorrow unless you put Castillo in the DH role as he's seen a little bit of time in there this year. But um, yeah, since he had predominantly been in the NL not a lot of chance for these guys to see him. So I guess that could be either really good for the lineup or really bad. I think if I'm being realistic here, we might see some similar results to uh, how the game went tonight <laughs> yeah. with Justin Verlander. I don't, know. I, I, would, I don't know. What do you think, Johnny? <laughs> I was. That's so funny. He said. I was like, yeah, we could probably see it being pretty damn similar tonight. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that's just the reality of it. Houston, Houston's just a damn good team. Uh, and we're facing the buzzsaw there of their uh, rotation. Even uh, we made Brad Peacock look really good, um, you know, uh, in the first game of the series. So uh, Garrett Cole is no slouch. Um, it's going to be a tough one there. I mean, I would hope at least we get a little more of a team uh, contribution. I mean, look at this shutout in the first game and then one run on one hit. That one was just a home run. So other than that, literally nothing going on offensively. It is just it's frustrating to watch. But then again, I'm also realistic, so I can't say I'm shocked about any of this. Yeah, I'm not at all either. And I was about to say, if uh, you were a big, better guy, just like our shy socks, Jonda, what would you think about the over-under for runs we would get for the rest of this series? Uh, we're already at one here. I don't know how much more we get. So we have Garrett Cole tomorrow. And then on Thursday, to wrap up this four-game set, we have Corbin Martin, who's a young guy that had recently made his Major League debut. Um, I'm not sure if we get all that many more runs this series here, Johnny. Yeah, no, it, it really is looking like that. Uh, getting to that point here, I, I think would Thursday would probably be our best option, just uh, just because I know I've seen Cole, and even uh, it looks like he's a little bit of a different pitcher uh, since coming over from Pittsburgh. You know, they fixed him a little bit here in Houston. Granted, he was still he still had the tools, but uh, I think they really helped him utilize his stuff to his max potential there. So I would say Thursday is probably our best bet to get those. Uh, 
hard to get <laughs> runs that yeah. you speak of. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, it was, it is not looking like a pretty thing over a four game set, especially it's not just three. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, if you had, if you had a pick though, if someone's going to get the job done tomorrow, who's your pick to click? Uh, my pick to click, I think I have to go with Jose Abreu. Pretty much that home run really saved us from being all over ESPN tomorrow for the all wrong the wrong reasons. reasons. Yeah. yeah, so I like to see him keep it going against uh, Garrett Cole. He's only had three at-bats against him his career, one for three. Um, hey, I mean, if you hit 333, you're in the Hall of Fame more than likely, right, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, I like that. That selective small sample stats. There we go. Um, but I, I'm going to go with uh, James McCann. Uh, he, he is the best uh, looking of any of our hitters against Garrett Cole. Uh, not just that, but, you know, he has been the pleasant surprise of the White Sox this year. I would assume that, especially since Ricky likes to play his games and, you know, uh, have guys set in stone they're going to be playing this day. Nothing else, especially uh, with catchers, can bring them off the bench. Uh, yeah. James McCann is the one starting tomorrow. He is my pick to click. Uh, he is hitting 400 career against Garrett Cole. So um, I, I like that pick. But um, I, honestly, I think I think it's going to be another loss. I mean, that's easy to say. But I would predicted before the series on Sunday, Sox on tap, when we lost that game, that series finale against Toronto, a team that we should beat. And I said that I told Tony Marchese that we were going to get swept. And I am looking pretty damn right about that right now, unfortunately. You're looking like a snack on that prediction, Johnny. Absolutely snack. I'm at a vending machine right now, clicking A3, getting a snack right out of there. That's great. But, um, yeah, no, I I do like the James McCann pick as well. Um, great track record against him before. I would really, as we had mentioned, a, a lack of runs. Um with that short porch to left, I just really want to see one of our right-handed hitters just absolutely pull one right out of there. I'm talking Albert Pujols against Brad Lidge in that one playoff series, like yeah. on the train tracks back then. Uh, I think that would really be a nice shot in the arm to get us going uh, right before the big three-game set we'll have in Minnesota. Yeah, so you know, you talk about like those home runs there, and it looks – it looks like the ball flies pretty well in Houston. It um, does. You know, so and it looks so easy when the Astros hitters do it. Um, I granted their lineup is a lot better than ours. There's no doubting that. But you'd like to see if someone can just get a hold of one. Say Timmy, you know, he he could easily put one off that, you know, that wall that holds up those train tracks yeah. out there above the stands. I would love to see that. So I agree with you. Right-handed power bats. Let's get it going. That that is a it's a tall, tall wall out there in left field, but it's a short, you know, short distance wise. So um, I, I agree with you. We, we would definitely like to see that. And when you're when your offense is stagnant like it is right now, especially over these past, you know, three games, we need a shot in the arm. Like you had just mentioned, that would be the perfect shot in the arm. Um, Hitting is contagious then. Um, I, I know Garrett Cole still going to be tough no matter what. But yeah. I think it just boosts some morale, a little bit of confidence within that dugout. Uh, guys can, you know, these guys are human beings. They can be feeling pretty low after something like tonight. Uh, it, no, no team wants to get, you know, that's why you see guys uh, bunting sometimes when they're when a no hitter is like on the line. It's like it, it's a pride thing for them. They don't want to, you know, they want to feel that. And granted, they didn't get completely no hit, but obviously anyone else besides Jose Abreu did. So they're not, you know, feeling all that high about it. So. Absolutely, no one wants that there, Johnny. Uh, one last thing I want to talk to you about. So we had mentioned it a little bit earlier. 
Jose Ruiz being sent back down to AAA. So we are recording this late on Tuesday night, and it will be out on Wednesday. So by then, there should be a little bit of news as to what the uh, corresponding move would be. What's your best guess as of right now on what that corresponding move may be? Oh, God, you know, this is hard. Um, None of the options in Charlotte right now are completely jumping out at you. So that's what that's what makes this kind of tough. But I I, I kind of want to say a a Carson Fulmer, honestly, back up. Wow. I I would not be completely shocked or a Tiago Vieira back up one that we've already seen. Um, I like to refer to it as our reliever recycling program. We just cycle these same guys in and out and in and out. Um, and granted, they have options left, so they're gonna. Um, but that, that's honestly, I don't uh, just with my expectations and what we've seen in the past from this team, uh, we could have easily called up someone else when uh, Manny Benuelos went down. But instead, we got Wamanai and Jose Ruiz. So I'm going to go with either a uh, Carson Fulmer or Tiago Vieira. In that case, would you imagine the White Sox would be sticking with an opener just like they did on Monday night? Yeah, honestly, I do. I do think that uh, that may be the case. Um I mean, they they only lost three to nothing last night. I know that's you know not ideal results, but that kind of also makes them say, oh well, hey, if it wasn't for just the Jace Fry getting lit up as soon as he came into the game, uh, maybe this game's closer and the bullpen didn't really do all that terrible, so they're going to give it another shot. Um, that just kind of the place that we're at with the 2019 Chicago White Sox. So Yeah, but those are two pretty reasonable suggestions. And honestly, at the rate in which the pitching has been for us this year, honestly, I wouldn't completely mind sticking with the opener. And I think either one of those guys would be reasonable moves. Um, So I'm going to give you two of my predictions that I think are the most likely. And then uh, I'm going to give you one that I've been kind of brewing up here that's a little more out there but you know could also happen as as i had mentioned in uh my blog on i think it was sunday the white Sox always find a way to really surprise us with these moves um they keep on just adding these pretty much bottom of the barrel guys that are mlb rejects and just really don't have a lot going for them but um it's just a continuing program with that. As you ha- had mentioned, the, the major league team right now is the reliever recycling program. We kind of have a reject recycling program going on here with uh, <laughs> all of these minor league acquisitions we've been making. So I'll get into it. So first one, I think, is possibility. I could see a little bit of Ross Detweiler action. We kind of could use another lefty in the rotation. Granted, we would hope a lefty that we would be bringing in there would be a little bit better than Ross Detweiler, maybe, uh, I don't know, Dallas Keuchel. But um, I guess, seeing as what we have, uh, the first start he made after he was signed by us, he actually had a nice 10-strikeout outing for the AAA Charlotte Knights. So that could be something that they could see potentially happening. Um, I also think maybe the possibility that Manny Banuelos is healthy now. I'm not sure. I haven't heard any news about when he'll be expected to return, but um, you could also see that as a possibility, I guess, not as highly talked about, but could be a potential. And then the third option, and the option that I think we all hope happens here, is that the White Sox call up 
Dylan Cease. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but with how the schedule is lined out, this could be the typical White Sox move where they call one of these big names up right before a big homestand. So we will finish up this week on the road against the Twins, but then after that we have a, a big stretch at home against the Royals and the Cleveland Indians, big games that uh, could really get the fan base excited. Uh, I know the Sox did something pretty similar when they called up Yoan Mankata when they had some home games against the Dodgers. And then the same thing happened with Michael Kopech last year. Uh, I don't know what you would think about that possibility there, Johnny. I mean, I would love to see it. Don't get me wrong as a fan. Absolutely. I'm totally down for that. But I've always been kind of in the frame of mind that uh, Dylan Cease's timing will be very similar to a Michael Kopech when he was called up last year. So I would put peg him as a late July, uh, mid-August in that sort of range of dates. But um, I like your optimism. See, that, that's good. I, I'm, I'm a little pessimistic here, um, but I, I like to call it realistic with the White Sox here. Yeah. So um, I, I have uh, to be, man. I mean, I, I have some tickets to the games next week. I, I want to see it. Just talk it into existence, man. Yeah, talk it we're in. going Tuesday. Uh, let's book it Tuesday, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I would yeah. love to see that. Don't, I mean, that uh, that's a dream scenario for me. That would be unbelievable. And the White Sox would do themselves a favor uh, getting ticket sales up against the, the uh, you know, what is that, Kansas City Royals in there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be a dream move. But realistically, I am going to go ahead and say no. But then there we go. We have two sides of the coin. So yep. um, that about does it. Uh, we've got everything in the books. Uh, recapped the almost no-hitter by Justin Verlander. White Sox lost one to nothing tonight. Um, we previewed uh, game three of that Astros set. And we gave our predictions for who may be recalled in place of Jose Ruiz. Andrew, it was great having you on for your first time on Sox on Tap here. Uh, thank you. And let's go White Sox. Johnny, great as always. Let's go White Sox. <laughs>